Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Bikini and the Brain podcast. My name is Ashley Kaltwasser, and to my left is Adam Bonilla from TeamElitePhysique.com. Dot com. <laughs> it was a good intro. You know what? The whole podcast is ruined because the bikini and the, the pinky and the brain are not on the middle of the table. I just realized. Oh, what? We got to get, get them together, man. If you guys don't, if you guys don't know, because this is like a, uh, or a, an old cartoon called Pinky and the Brain. That's where the bikini and the brain came from. It's just this, like it's like a short clip in Animaniacs. It's not even like its own cartoon, but anyway, that's where it came from. <laughs> sure, too. All right. So today, Ashley just flew in. Where'd you fly in from, Ashley? Washington, Tacoma. Tacoma, Washington. What were you doing out there? Um, I was at the Tanji Johnson show making an appearance. I got to hand out um, a trophy to the overall winner, which was super cool. And also I gave a seminar uh, yesterday, which was Sunday. So that was a lot of fun. So I had a good time meeting everyone there. It was a great experience. And I think it's, it's nice to kind of be in the environment sometimes without actually competing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I can get like the motivation and the feels without actually competing. So I thought that was fun. It's, you know, it's cool too. Is like, is like I, I posted that I would be there and, you know, giving a seminar and I think people automatically like assumed I was going to compete there, <laughs> but they don't have pro bikini. Right. But I got a lot of good luck messages and I'm like, well, I'm not competing here, but thanks. <laughs> people just automatically assume if I'm somewhere in, other than Vegas, I'm competing. So, yep. nope, not this time. You know what's funny is whenever there's a pro-am show, like the Mile High or whatever, there's like a pro-am show, um, I'll get I'll get messages from competitors like, I don't think I'm ready to compete against Ashley yet, but and I'll, they'll be like, but, and I'm like, no, like you're not, you're not competing against, that's the pro level of the oh, show. Oh, you mean they'll like think, the amateurs. Yeah, when it's oh. like a pro-am show, like some first-time competitors, they're just thinking, Oh, I guess I have to compete against it, but oh. <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty fun. You'll run into that a few times a year. Yeah. It's cute. You, know, you see like the, they're yeah. like running into like figuring this whole thing out. Yes. So, so rest assured, no one that's an amateur will be competing against any pros. No, that would be a huge <laughs> show. So, that would be interesting. <laughs> so you have, I think it's fun. You get to go to these seminars and I always like that part of it when people, when people recognize you and they're learning from you and there's value there and you kind of like take a step back. You're like, I remember being that girl, you know, yeah. that per that person was trying to learn this. You know, I was never that girl. <laughs> but like when I was went to my first like men's physique posing, someone like, what are we going to do with this men's physique stuff now? You know, and I remember the excitement and the uh, the whatever all that came with it. It's fun to kind of take a step back and realize, you know, yeah. and you're passing out the overall word. I think that's a fun thing for you every time, too. You know, yeah. I'm sure I, I can imagine how it would feel to be in your first bikini competition, win the overall, and then Ashley comes and hands you the overall. That'd be kind of oh. cool. Eh, no biggie, you know, no biggie. <laughs> but uh, a lot of people mention that they listen to our podcast, so maybe some girls that I met at the show will be listening to this one. I'm oh, there you go. They will be. So. Well, hello, so. everyone that I met <laughs> yeah. last weekend. <sighs> well, hopefully they learned a little bit, and now they're going to be the next upcoming star. And then we have a, just to give you guys a, a heads up, our next posing seminar will be July 15th and then August 12th here at um, the CPC in Las Vegas. So, Woo. yeah. And also followed by the, you said glute camp too, right? Yep. Glute camp okay. follows those. Sorry, I, I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. Glute <laughs> camp follows those too. So it's a good time. Good time to come out. Yeah. But anyway, today's podcast, what are we talking about, Ashley? Let's talk a little bit about strong-minded people versus weak-minded people and what is the difference? How can you improve if you are one of those weaker-minded people and uh, maybe you're actually stronger than you think? Yeah. And I think what's imp I think what's also important to even just start this with is to talk about how you're going to have fluctuations of being both too, you know? Um mm -hmm. 
I think you're, you know, there's, there's going to be variations of where you're at within that strength. Um, and I like, you know, on my part, you're, I would say Ashley's at, uh, 10 out of 10 at her strongest mental, mental state right now. Cause you've been doing this for a very long time and you've kind of gone past that point of, um, needing to do it to, to maintain a look, but just have just like wanting to do it at this point for you. Mm -hmm. And so once you get in that zone, it's great. Cause it's like, it's not even like you require strength. It's just how you live. You know, it's like a, di it's like a different thing. It's like, Oh no, I just, this is what I do. This is what I live like. This is how I eat. This is it. And it's a great place to be, but it's really hard. And I've been in, I've been in both. I've been in both many times. And so like right now I'm in that like middle ground with my fitness stuff. Um, in terms of like my, my workout intensity, um, my adherence, well, my adherence to diet is always good, but my workout intensity for bodybuilding is kind of minimized right now because it's maximized for another sport. But the, the, the will is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it varies. It has some variations. And I think that there's important steps we could take, um, to strengthen that over time. And you, who else, who's better to talk about it than you? Cause you're at that 10 to 10 right now. Oh, well, shucks. Thank you so much. I, I think, um, you give me too much credit sometimes, Adam. I appreciate it, though. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny is I would I gave you less credit earlier. I gave you less credit when we first started. But after this many years now, now, because I've seen so many, and you've seen it too. You get, I've had so many athletes like, I'll do whatever it takes. I'll do this. I'll do that. And I'm like, and I've even said to her, I was like, oh, that's my, na that's my next Ashley right there. That's my next Ashley. And I, I've told you that. And then they fade like, they maybe last six months like that, four months like that, one prep. And you're like, man, this girl's so dedicated. She's going to be, she's going to be the next, like the next like robot bikini girl. Who's like just <laughs> going for it and competing. And, you know, and it's like, oh yeah, she lasted 14 months. That was a good run. That was good. But then she broke. Right. So the, the key, you know what I always say though, my saying, whenever you tell me this, <laughs> you know when I say, when you I believe say, it when I see it close i say that's what they all say oh, that's right true. Yeah. everyone says it because everyone yeah. can talk the talk but can you walk the walk and that's walk the, the real question. walk the walk for a prolonged period of time that's the thing about this sport is it's not uh, too many people look at it as a 16 week period you know they're like 16 weeks i can be my best and i think it's awesome and and you deserve accolades for being great for 16 weeks but if you're if you're if your goal is hey i want to be the next miss olympia the next this it's going to take more than 16 weeks of adherence it's going to take a very long time of adherence. The physiques getting on the Olympia stage these days are, you know, five-year physiques. They're they're advanced physiques. They're not, <clears throat> oh, I saw this girl at the beach, uh, at Huntington Beach last week, and I'm going to ask her if she wants to do a competition because she kind of works out here and there. It's, no, this girl's been bodybuilding basically for five years, and that's how her glute tie-ins look like that. It's how her shoulder caps look like this. It's a different thing. So it's going to take some time, some adherence, some time. Mm -hmm. So... Yes, and we all have to be patient with that. So I wrote down a few little blurbs here. Um, about being strong-minded. Um, strong-minded people are typically confident, resilient, strong-willed, clear on who they are and what's important. Strong-minded people are focused on being mentally strong to help them navigate their fears, failures, experiences, and obstacles. Because please, everyone know, we all deal with obstacles. We all deal with low points. We all deal with failures. But how you handle them, I think speaks volumes about how strong-minded you are, you know, whereas one pers person can see a failure and give up and get frustrated. 
the other strong-minded person might see a failure and think of it as a learning lesson, something that they're going to improve for next time, but aren't going to give it give in so easily. When I think of somebody that's strong-minded, the first thing that comes to my mind is somebody that doesn't let excuses overcome them, okay? Because there could be five reasons why I don't have to be here sitting in this chair talking or how I could have missed my workout today. I could have give you five excuses, you know, but nope, I'm here. I show up every time I get the job done. Right. So in comparison to a weak minded person might see any opportunity for an excuse and kind of wiggle their way out of it and think, Oh, I give it up so, so easily just because of this reason or this reason, this reason, because we all have excuses. But how do you handle these excuses? How do you overcome these excuses? And I always say this too, is like some of the most successful people in the world aren't letting those excuses overcome them. They're not like, oh, I can't do this today because, uh, yeah, I'm a little tired and, um, uh, you know, this and that I'd rather, you know, go golfing today instead. Nope. They're, finding ways to navigate around that excuse. So finding solutions to excuses rather than letting that overcome them. Yeah. That's my, that's what comes to my mind when I think of a strong-minded person. How about you? I would agree with that because it's, and it's, it's, it's tough too, because as you climb the ladder, it gets even harder to stay motivated too. I will say that um, when you're the, when you're hungry and you haven't achieved that much yet, in like, let's say your sport, whatever, I would say you see people kind of fall off once they've accomplished some things, you know, they, they pull back a little bit. They, they, um, they rest a little more, they accomplish their goals. You see that with a lot of people who, um, what's funny is I was watching a podcast with, uh, Patrick bit David the other day, and he was talking about these successful people who he's like, he's like, I don't, he was talking about being a successful person, being successful. And then all of a sudden, you know, a few years later, they're, they're not successful anymore. They're not doing it anymore. He's like, he's like, it's weird when I see people like Warren Buffett who are, crazy, crazy rich. He doesn't spend any of his money, lives in this regular house, right? He's like super humble guy. Um, and he still keeps working that hard. It's like, how does he stay motivated when he's already accomplished everything? He's never going to use any of his money. Like, it's just because he's doing it for a passion. You know, he just mm -hmm. does it for his passion. Right. And so he was, he was explaining, he was like, you know, a lot of people that get successful, they kind of stop. They kind of get to that point and then they just stop because they've reached their goal. And then they're like done. Right. But I could say that about you where there's no, you know, arguably there'd be no real reason. There's nothing you have to prove at this point anymore, you know, but you're still super motivated. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's awesome that you still do it. It's, it's, it's really admirable because it's hard. You know, um, I'll say, you know, as a, even as a coach, I wouldn't say as a coach, because as a coach, this is my passion, my life's thing. But as a business owner, as soon as I made enough where I kind of didn't have to worry about it anymore, it's hard to like focus so much on like the business part. You're like, eh. Like, you're kind of, cause you could have that mentality. You're kind of like, I don't really need the money anymore. It's just kind of just for hobby. But luckily this is my sport too. And it keeps me competitive and I'll have, I'll have a moment like that. And I say to myself, okay, well, if I did, let's say I did go and live on a beach somewhere and, and whatever, just kind of worked online, um, and made whatever I needed to make, which is, you know, not much now, uh, what would my life be like? Right. And I'm like, man, that would, that would suck. <laughs> like, like I think of, so it, it puts me in my place and it puts me in my place. Like I love this. I love competing and it gives me, it's my passion. And it, like I compete against other coaches. So that gives me my thing. But I think that you need to shut that guy up in your head because he will come around. It doesn't matter where you're at in your, in your prep, in your life, that guy's going to start talking. He's going to get a little louder at times. You're going to have to mm -hmm. shut him up. And I think that that is um, something that everyone has to deal with. And some people just let that guy take over, you know, yeah. like you said, they, that voice has to be in your head too saying, ah, 
you know, you don't need to compete this weekend. Like you don't need, or I don't, it has to be right. I mean, do you have that happen to you or is it just, you've trained it so much that he doesn't even talk anymore? Oh no. I'm like on autopilot. Yeah. I just do. Yeah. I just do. But I, I kind of wanted to touch kind of base back with what you said. You know, it seems like some people become complacent whenever they reach a certain level of success. And I've said this many times before. I never want to get comfortable with winning. I don't want to get used to it, I should say. Yeah. I never want to just be like, oh, yeah, another week, another win. Yep, on to the next. No, that's why every time I do win, it's like such an amazing thing to me. It feels like my first win. I never want to get used to winning. Yeah. Like, I don't want that to become just the norm. I So in order for me to do that, I kind of have to put myself in a place like, you know, just like everyone else on stage, right? It's hard. It's a tough prep. Um, or I should say it's a tough show. My preps usually aren't too tough, but it's a tough show. Regardless who shows up, it's always difficult. I think a lot of people are under that misconception that like, just because it's not like a huge show, like the Arnold or the Pittsburgh, that it's easy. Uh -uh, mm -mm. There's no such thing as an easy show. So I never go into a show assuming or expecting I'm going to win, right? I look at everyone there like, wow, that's my competition. I don't want to like get too comfortable with just like, yep, I've won this many shows. So hmm, just going to cruise on in and take it. I never think that way. And I think that is something that kind of keeps me going because it keeps me hungry for the W, yeah. the win. So I don't know. That's the way I kind of think of it. And that's how I kind of avoid being complacent and just being like, okay, you know, so with that, you know, even sometimes you, we kind of have to stop me at some point because yeah. <laughs> for, how do I say this? You always want to leave off on a good note, right? Like heading into Olympia, for example, like you don't want to keep going and going. If it's like, you know what? I'm satisfied. I've done what I got to do. Now it's time to go under construction or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I just do. I just do. But I, I always kind of think of like my first time I've won and it's every time I win, it's no different really. It's like a surprise to me and I love it. Yeah, I can vouch for it. She gets, yeah, genuinely excited still, even if there's not a lot of big names in a show because the pro it's actually a lot of times more scary when there's not, just so you guys know, as like a, as, as competitors or, you know, seeing our, like our journey that we go on, it's probably more scary when we don't know like more than half the list than it is when we know half the list. Like if she's competed against a girl five times and beat her five times, it, it, we're a little more comfortable than 15 names that are like rookies that look good from... Canada and Brazil and whatever. And we're like, I don't know who, who these girls are. You know, it's, it's a little bit, it, there's not a, there's never like this point where you go in and you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to smash this show. Yeah, and never. Because, <laughs> because the problem is, is that you have girls who just did their first show and then they won and beat, beat names. And you're like, is it going to happen this weekend? You know, that's how Ashley started her first show, right? It's like, yeah. she came out of nowhere, right? So came someone, someone has to come out of nowhere if she came out of nowhere. So it's like, is it going to be this one? You know? So, um, it's, it's, there's never a comfortable, a comfortable moment. And I think that that's great with you where you never get comfortable. I think that's, there's two things. One, you don't get comfortable. Um, and two, you, you do have a lot of humility, which is, which is great. You know, you stay humble. And, um, I think that that's really, really important to, to stay humble and not to ever take anything for granted. And three, right. you don't ever take anything for granted, you know, that's a big which one. is, which is big. And mm -hmm. that, that's something that, that I always, always try to take from you too, is that, um, because how this all ended up being where it is. Like I never even dreamt of it being this, what it is. I never, this is crazy to me, you know, like the whole team, the gym, the, you know, like it's, and I, 
you have to say, it's funny, is it you, I settle you down sometimes and you settle me down sometimes too. You're like, Adam, you don't need to spread yourself any thinner. Oh, yeah. You're like, don't, because I was like talking about buying a building the other day. Um, and I was like, yeah, we can just do this like, uh, uh, with, with, with the boxing coach here. I was like, we could just do like a, a nonprofit boxing thing. And, and Ashley's like, it's a lot. <laughs> I always say like, yeah, Adam, cause you're not busy enough yeah, yet. <laughs> so. Yeah. Let's spread you even more thin. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what, It's funny. It, what I've found is I need to keep pushing it. Um, once I get something, I need to keep going. Right. Yes. I did notice that you're never satisfied. Even yeah. like with the building, you're like, Oh, but we can improve it this way or we can do this or upgrade this. Like it's never like you're never satisfied. You always want something better, which is great. Yeah. As long as you don't overwhelm yourself. Yeah. That's the problem is that's the problem is I can easily do that. That's when I, yeah, I can easily do that. I'm always looking and if the right thing comes up, you know, the new building, whatever next week is not out of the question. You know, so that's, a, that's the problem with me is it's so sporadic. And so as long as that building's in Las Vegas, no, Las Vegas, I'm, I, and that's okay. I love Vegas. Yeah. Okay. There's, Don't you be pulling a fast one on me trying no, to move somewhere else. Never. No, I love Las Vegas. So there are, there's, there are, there are a couple of things that I do want to do and I'll put it out there. Cause I, I think when you put it out there, it is something that I'm, 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 good at doing but also a victim of doing it to myself i was like i'll put it out there i don't get it yet and everyone's like didn't you say and i was like just give me time i'm gonna do it you know so one of the things i wanted in my life was a um remember i told you it was like a it was like a um it i guess like a compound i don't know is that a right word for it but basically um like a gym where i had houses around it and athletes can come in and like live there while they're doing their like bikini prep or whatever and like have like they all have their own thing and then a gym so it's like a community basically where girls go to their pro career and they're like, I'm going to go and live there. I'm going to train there. I'm going to spend two years, give this my all. I have housing covered. I have my gym covered. I have a, a kitchen there, whatever. Like, and then there would be, you know, in Vegas. So, um, but, uh, so that's where I'm like, okay, that's what I want more of too, is more of like that, of having that, that community, that's something I want eventually. But what I've, what I think what the way we're going to do is get another house in another house in here, another, another house in here and actually make that a thing where, some big oh, you bought me a house. Oh, how nice. How nice. <laughs> so I can just walk to work. Oh, Adam, you shouldn't have. I mean, for, for, for my 40th, it's sold off. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Probably kidding, the next kidding. one. No, we have, we, we have a house there. I like, my, I like my house. Your house you. is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. We were telling the, the story of the house. We looked at 21 houses and we flew up. The, the craziest, it's, it's so off topic, but it's a funny story. She flew into Denver. She was like, Adam, I need your help adulting. I want to, I want to get a house. And she's like in, in Las Vegas. I was like, what are you, what do you mean? Like, it was like so random, right? Cause we didn't talk about it earlier. I was like, here's my loan person. She was, she came in on Monday. She was qualified for her loan by Wednesday. And then by Friday she found her realtor and then we were in Vegas. Like it was, we did a one day in and out trip to Vegas looked and at, walked, looked at so many houses 21. and it was the first house that I saw and it wasn't, and it wasn't on even list. on my, it was on like a maybe <laughs> list and I'm glad I like that house a lot. Yeah. I love it. But yeah, you know what? Hey, catch what I just did. I don't just talk the talk. I no. walk the walk. If I say I want to do something, I'm going to do it. Shoot. Yeah. You said, I'm buying a house. Let's get it done. Yeah. By next week. Five days Boom. later. I was like, Boom. not even, it was, just a, uh, it was the craziest thing. But that was the funnest trip. That was when I saw the, the was it the, 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 the woman pigeons or women ducks <laughs> or something? Woman, woman rooster. Or was it well, women, women chicken. Women chicken. <laughs> Female turkey, woman oh, turkey, turkey. female t woman turkey. Something was crossing. I was the so road. excited. It's so funny. Okay, so this is the one of the dumbest. We're going things. off, off, way off topic. topic. This is what we're of going the, deep. Deep. The probably the dumbest thing I've done, maybe in my life. I don't know. So there was a there was this. You know, I was new to Vegas, and there's this bird 
I guess a bird. I still don't know what it was. It looked like a turkey walking across the street. And it was like, this is weird. Like we're just in all these neighborhoods and we're in the hills somewhere. And there's this like bird, but it, it had like a turkey head, like that red turkey head, but it didn't have the... The gobbler? The gobbler? The, is that what the gizzard is? I don't know what it is. I don't know, the hanging thing. And I like saw it. I was like, oh, is that a is that a, a, a woman turkey? <laughs> like, like a female turkey is what I meant because it didn't have the gobbler. So oh. and then we were starting cracking up because I was just like trying to get her to see it before. It was a, We've been using that as a joke for like oh. a few years. It's so funny. That was a good one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's more of a like, had to be there type of thing. You know. It was funny. I was like, is that a woman turkey? <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to back to topic. Sorry, distracting. Yes, yes. One thing successful people don't do is get distracted too easily. Yeah, that, you know what? You got a lot on your hands. Yeah, that's definitely you for sure. You got, you got a lot to juggle. Um, so going back to what you were saying earlier, you know, having that gratitude it definitely goes a long way. And here's the thing: as you become more successful, more opportunities will come your way, and you know. You ex- some people would expect more and more, and that's natural. But there's a point where gratitude can then become greed, right? Because you think you're someone because you've done so good and you're so successful. You now have this ego, and you have a saying, ego is not your amigo, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, I think one, one of the great things is having that gratitude and looking at things from a zoomed out perspective, right? So I, I say this term a lot on here, the zoomed out perspective, okay? So meaning, you know, you're successful, you're on top of the world, you're doing everything right, everything's coming your way, um, things are good for you. Um, and, you know, then you start to expect more and you start to expect more, you know, you, uh, to some extent, yes, you should, right? Um, but at the same time, when things don't go your way, um, that can also lead to disappointment if you're not careful and you can get discouraged. But sometimes it's good to take a zoomed out perspective, like zooming it out, you know, just like on your phone, just zoom out. Okay. <laughs> you like pretend that like you're on Google, Google maps, right? And your little location <laughs> is, is a dot Just zoom out. Okay. So look at the zoomed out perspective. Gosh, you already did so many great things. Perhaps you went farther than you thought you ever could. But not only that is you're in a, you even being able to compete, assuming we're uh, applying this to competing, being able to compete itself. Wow. That's pretty awesome. Like you're in a good place in life. If you're able to do that, you're healthy enough. I'm assuming, um, you can afford it. You have time on your hands to do so. You're in a good position in life to be able to do this. And regardless of how your show goes, like, look what you've already accomplished. Like something that most people will never be able to do, but they want to look like you. Right. So it's nice to kind of like look at the bigger picture sometimes and realize how far you've come. And even if you're going through a point in your life where it's like a little bit of a lower point, hey, with lows, there's also highs and lows and highs. Nothing's ever like consistent. There's no consistent rise to the top. There's always some dips and then there's some rises and dips and rises and dips and rises. But the problem becomes whenever you let those dips just go down deeper, right? Because you can also go down further and further if you allow yourself to do so. But again, the strong-minded person will be like, you know what? I'm going through a low point. I'm not going to let this happen for too much longer. All right, I'm pushing through this. I'm going to stick with it no matter what. I'm going for it, you know? And then once you get out of that rut, you just keep climbing back up until you hit another one, but you're not going to let those little ruts bring you down all the way. You're just going to keep climbing and climbing and climbing. 
Yeah, I like how you I like how you, you do that. And it, it was funny as coming from the, the coach's perspective, that's something that I was always and it's funny how you, it's it's so funny because this pers- the, per- the 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 application is the same. It's just a different like view of how it is because it's a coach's perspective. And I've had, you know, issues before with people saying, why do you work so hard? Why do you work so hard? You know, relationships really is is always the issue. And uh, I always explained, you know, being a coach is kind of like being an actor. Like you, actors are hot for, you know, a couple years. And you're like, remember when whoever came out was like this big actor and they're like big name. And they were like hot for like three years, two years. Very few people are like Nicolas Cage's, right? Very few people are, are, you know, Al Pacino's, right? There's very few who actually like that. Most are just flare up, (laughs) fizzle out, they're gone, the next person comes in, right? So I'm like, that's kind of how coaching is. I'm trying to be an Al Pacino. (laughs) I'm trying to be a Nicolas Cage. I want longevity in this. So I I live in this kind of paranoid state of always making sure I'm not taking my foot off the gas, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. It's not about, it has nothing to do with income or anything like that at this point. It's really just don't take your foot off the gas. And it should be the same thing as an athlete, you know, always constant, try to be a little bit better, a little bit better, stay relevant, be a little bit better, you know, um, make those tiny improvements that you from show to show, say in front of the judges, you know, that type of thing. And, and don't go too far off, you know, Um, it's, it's a, it's, you know, a lot of times people, you'll see what happens when a girl takes two years off, she's got to basically rebuild her whole, her whole momentum again, you know? So it's, uh, that's, that's the thing about really with anything. I think that something's in your face more and it's, it's more out there. Like it just becomes more, um, the momentum's just there, you know? Yep, the, you absolutely. Know, so. Keep cooking while the pot is hot, you know? Oh, I like that. You know? Is that, is that a saying? Or you yeah, that? I, I have all these Ohio sayings. That's cool. Like haze in the barn, keep cooking while the pot is hot. Yeah. Like, I so like Ohio of me. I like or that. Or maybe it's just a Midwestern thing. Let me know in the comment section below. I like that. No, once in a while, those Midwestern Ashley comes out. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. The Ohio will never leave me, that's for sure. Yes. But, yeah, I think you're right about that, Adam. I think... Um, you know, if you're feeling good and things are going well and you feel like your mindset's in a good spot and nothing's holding you back, why hold yourself back? You yeah. know, keep going for it. Because here's the thing. You never want to live a life of woulda, coulda, shouldas. You know, what if I would have done this? I could have been this. I should have done that. Yeah. You never want to live that way. Sometimes it's almost better mentally just to go for it and fail than to always wonder what if. Like, what if I just went for it? What if I just did it? What if I just gave it a hundred percent this season, you know, and not cheated on my diet? So you never want to like live that way. I think that's, I hate that feeling of like regret and, and like, what could have I done better? So, you know, within reason, just do the best you can on a day-to-day basis and, you know, take those opportunities if they make sense for you. That's for sure. You don't want, you don't want to pass up on opportunities that are going to better yourself or even on a daily basis. You don't want to, um, I'm going to use your term, lose your day capture, capture the day. Like every day you have an opportunity to make yourself better. Every single day is an opportunity to improve. And even if yesterday was a bad day and you cheated on your diet or skipped a workout, you know what? Hey, today's a new one. Let's start fresh. Get back on it and do everything you can um, to make yourself the best version of you you can possibly be. Because, you know, um, when whenever you're five years from now, again, you don't want that to come up like, man, I should have gave it should have gave it a little more effort, you know? Yeah. That's a sucky feeling. You don't want to feel that way. So just, you know, do all you can. It's a you yeah, you don't have the thing with that feeling is you don't realize it till it's too late a lot of times too. Um you, you know, that's the the regret feeling, I've seen it I've seen it a few times with even clients of my own where maybe they get 
one placing off of a pro card or one placing off of the overall, whatever it is, right? One placing off of first. And they're like, man, remember that week where I like totally went off track? I wonder if I wouldn't have had that week if this would have been, if that would have been enough. Or when they're in there and they're in their own, and maybe they're not saying it to me. They're like, you know, I really didn't give my all. Like I gave a lot of myself, but I didn't give my all. Like I didn't leave it in the ring there. Like there was, there was something left in me. I could have given more. And then that sits with you, man, would I have been a pro if I would have just given it my all? If I didn't have that week, if I didn't, and the regret, it just, it builds in you. And there was this, uh, there was this motivational speaker once I was listening to, and it was, uh, it impacted me to the point where I remembered it. Um, it was years ago when I heard this too. And he said, every young person should go to a, a retirement home and talk to old people and volunteer and talk to old, older people. Um, because for, for him, he's like, it scared me so much to, to not live every day to my fullest. It scared me. It wasn't like even a desire anymore. It was like, a, I was afraid for years that I wasn't doing enough that day. He's like, because the only thing he's like, everyone was happy. Everyone was, was great. He's like, but the amount of regret in that place was palpable. He said, every person said they wish they would have done this. They wish they would have done more. They wish they would have, he's like, and now they're, you know, they're, a lot of them are saying, you know, it's too late for them. You know, they're, they, you know, they, they can't give more effort to the bikini competitions when they're 80 years old, and, you know, they're, they're, that's it. You know, so he was like, it, it scared me so much that I, like, I, I would even go to bed late at night because I was just worried that I didn't do enough, you know? Mm-hmm. So he's like, I think every person, every young person should go to a retirement home and talk to people. And, and, uh, you know, they're going to talk about good things, but also the regret is like, it's just so, he's like, it's so palpable there. Mm-hmm. So that was, it was pretty, it impacted me. I was like, man, that's, that's crazy. I don't want to be that person. Right. I, don't I mean, to a certain extent, we all, regret something in our eyes probably already but if we can minimize that you know I think that's the best way to go and I think also like knowing that you know if you did give it your all during your prep and in your off season and everything and you did everything within your power to be the best you you could possibly be and you still failed there's peace of mind knowing like well you know what hey it's out of my hands I gave it my all so it's there's it's something you know, it's satisfying in a way. It's like, okay, really you know is. what? Hey, that that's beyond my control. Because I think like knowing it's beyond your control versus something you could have fixed is, you know, much more easy, to, uh, much easier pill to swallow. And I, I always say this to you on this podcast is like some of my like worst, I guess, regrets. I don't want to say regrets. That might be too heavy of a word. When I get the fresh, when I get frustrated at myself the most is when I make stupid avoidable mistakes like you know what I mean like oh why did I transition like that and I stepped weirded why did I why wasn't I rotated enough in my torso like stupid things will get in my head um more so if I like knew I gave it my all and I like maybe missed my conditioning or something for me it's much harder to realize the stupid mistakes I guess you know like me and I should have like practiced a little bit more I guess on my my transition or something, you know, it could be something silly like that, but I don't know for me, that's harder for me to deal with than like, Oh, a conditioning thing or something yeah. or a muscle thing. I think it's more like a term. Yeah. Thinking about like, you know, there's never going to, and that's a good thing too. I think people can take from this podcast is even someone as a season and as practice as you is still going to be making mistakes, you know? And mm-hmm. that's, it's, and it's just, it's unavoidable. No one's, I don't think anyone's ever had a fully perfect show like right. in every single thing. Like there's been, we've had moments where we're close, you know, where like everything almost went, went really, really well. And it's like, yeah, that was my best posing routine. This, that. There's like always something though. There's always something to be better. So just don't, don't um, judge yourself on, on that perfection. But if you're on your diet, if you're on your diet, perfect, like you said, mm-hmm. and you did every single thing in the gym, 
I've been in that scenario where I got my butt kicked, you know, on stage, but I, I walked away. I was like, and that was a perfect example. Cause when you're saying it, I was thinking about it. I was like, yeah, I've done that actually where I walked off stage and I was like, you know what? I honestly, there's nothing to be ashamed of. Cause I couldn't have done any more. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like, so whatever that guy was better, you know, good for him, you know? Exactly. So, yeah. So it's just, it is, it's a nice feeling to walk away with that because you put so much effort and time and money and practice and all this into it to just realize you could have probably done better if you just given more effort. It's a crappy feeling. So absolutely. Yeah. The, but yeah. walking away, I, I would, I would probably, if I had to choose, I would probably pick getting like third and knowing I gave my all than getting first and knowing I kind of like halfway it, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know for me, just cause it's like satisfying in terms of satisfaction, you know? So that's a good, I'm glad that you brought that up because I did that, you know, I've done that. And so, yeah. And you're still going to fail. No matter how good you are, you're still going to fail. It's going to happen. Absolutely. Like no one's rise to the top is ever just like a perfect straight diagonal line, all happy smiles, all (laughs) good times. It doesn't work like that. Even if we're applying that to the sport of bikini, like every Olympian you see on stage, guess what? They've all lost. No one is undefeated. No one. And even some of those top bikini pros were 16th placers at one point, you know, just like you might have been at your show. Um, You know, I've dealt with my ups and downs as well. Um, But yeah, no one's rise to the top is like, is like this perfectly straight diagonal line. You're going to have dips, you're going to have ups, you're going to have downs, you're going to have obstacles. It's a lot to, to comprehend, but just know that the ones that do succeed you know why they succeeded? Because they didn't give up after they got a rut. They just kept going. They pushed through, you know? Yeah. That's the difference, right? That's the difference between maybe there could have been, maybe there was a potential Miss Olympia somewhere down the line, but um, after her second national show and she didn't get a pro card, mm-hmm. she just gave up. She's like, oh, I hate this sport. It's not for me. You know, maybe she's a little too in the ego and doesn't like to lose, but what if she kept going and pushed through and gave it another season and did all the right things? Maybe she could have been at the top, but she let something stop her, right? So this is something to think about. Everyone yeah. on that Olympia stage has lost. Yeah. Some 16th place, some second call out. The list goes on. Like, just know that. Like, so if you didn't do as well as you wanted to at your last show, you got to push through. You got to learn from your mistakes. And that's another thing too is owning up to mistakes, realizing what you did wrong and not being too stubborn to learn, right? Because I feel like that's a big thing as well. Some people are too stubborn. They're like, the judges said that I need to be leaner, but I don't see it. Like, I'm perfectly fine. Like, you know, like not taking advice from people that know best, right? Thinking that they have the answers. And that's not the case. You got to be willing to accept your mistakes and learn from them and grow from them. Yeah, that's the saying. You win or you learn, right? It's not you win or you lose. You win or you learn. Right. So, yeah, and it, it's just a matter of just getting up, getting up back on that horse and keep going, you know? So, that, but you're right on that. I've had I've had a lot of people who leave too because of similar scenarios. I was, there's there's still, I mean, I told you that, that story about that girl was from years ago and it impacted me a lot because she was she was probably one of the girls that I th- at minimum would have been a successful pro. Like at minimum, um, an Olympia level pro. And just genetically, she was just so browned and bubbly and just naturally gifted. And it was just like, yeah, she's gorgeous. Like everything about her was like bikini model at the time, especially. And uh, yeah, she got, she got, she did her first show. It was only one show she did, NPC show. She did the Northern in Colorado, 
we're judging. I don't know. It was a huge show. It was back in like 14 or 15 when the shows were like huge. There's like 300 people at shows before <laughs> in Colorado, 300, sometimes 400. And I think she just got lost in the mix. It's one of those things, you know, um, weird. She should have, I think she should have placed higher. She didn't get it that day. And then she just quit. She just left. And she was like, you know, it's like, I really had great confidence uh, before this. And now that I lost, you know, based on like it being like my body and I lost because of my body. She's like, it really like threw me through a loop. And it just, I realized it just wasn't for me. And I was like, well, you know, nothing I can say to that. I got supported if that's what you do. But I just think that you just got missed in the mix. You know, it's thought you maybe didn't get, they just didn't see you. There's a lot of people on stage. It's one of those things. It shouldn't ever happen. Does it happen every now and then once in a while on a huge show? Maybe. Right. And it looks like that's what happened this time. And, um, but she never came back. And it was, that one always bothered me because I was like, man, she could have been so good. And it's just, you know, if she would have done the next show, she probably would have won the overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, you know, I couldn't convince her otherwise, you know, I tried. Right. And so, yeah, you're probably right. There, how many of those, how many Miss Olympias, uncrowned Miss Olympias would, would, is there out there, right? Probably, probably a good amount, right? Probably mm-hmm. a few. So Yeah, because you know what? <clears throat> Just like you need the physique, the genetics to become Miss Olympia, you also need the mindset. Yeah. So you have to have that strong mindset. So even if they have all the tools necessary, if they don't have the mindset, it's not going to work. Yeah, it's probably the you most know? important thing, actually. You this, know, when you think about it, because you're going to get beat is up. So mental. This sport is yeah. very mental, especially in bikini. We always say you got to be so mentally tough and you got to have some thick skin in bikini because one week you win, the next week you got second call out. So you never know. You never know who's going to show up or how it's going to be judged. And, you know, with bikini, there's, there's, it's, it's a little more, um, uh, subjective, right? So it's not a clear cut like bodybuilding, like the biggest, most symmetrical, leanest guy wins. It's not like that with bikini. There's a lot that goes into it, right? So, you know, that's something to keep in mind. And if there's so many, yeah, like you said, so many athletes potential that that could have been something great, but they let their ego maybe get the best of them or just um, gave up too easy because they're a little bit weak-minded. Yeah, that, that's, that is a big part of it. So it's a big component. So there's like, there's so many components of, of putting together like a, the cake of a bikini girl, right? It's like you have, you know, like your eggs and your salt and you're this and you're that with a bikini girl. It's like, there's so many pieces. It's like genetics and hard work and proper programming and mindset and, and adherence. Will, adherence <laughs> to diet, adherence in the off season too. Like the make the bikini cake. How many, th- we gotta, we gotta put that like as a, you know what, 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 a pie what, chart. Yeah, I want to put like a, a bikini ingredient cake pie chart. Can <laughs> we we bake it? Put it, put it. Yes, bake it. It would be. Have all, Sam do it. She's it really be, good with these recipes. It would be a real nutrition label. I'll tell you that would be a real one. <laughs> so, um, uh, you know what's funny on that nutrition label one? American Dream reached out to me, uh, Nut Butter, and they were like, we are so happy that you tested our product. We want you to test another one. Test another one. Oh, we'll I love that. Look at that confidence. Dude. Dude, I love their stuff, by the way. Yeah, other companies like, oh, the test is going to have variable batch variable, like all these excuses in American Nut Butters. Like, I'm going to send you everything. Bring it on. Yeah. Uh, I (laughs) I talked to you this morning. I said, hey, if you want to pay for it, I'll I'll pay. I'll I'll test all of them. You know, like whatever. Awesome. They're like, I want to test my my cookie. I want to test. I was like, he's like, you have cookie now? I guess. Yeah, they reached out. I told them to reach out to you. They're going to send you some. Dude, I want some cookies. Yeah, they'll they'll send you some cookies. I told them to reach out to you. They're they're going to send you some nut butters and stuff. But yeah. So, but isn't that that's what that's what I want to see a response from a company? Test all of them. I'll pay for it. My stuff's legit. Isn't that? Now, come on. That's dude. I like round, that. Can we have a round of applause? Do you have the round of applause? <laughs> I don't know. You better remember. You bet. I'm gonna hurry. go for it. I'm pressure, gonna go for pressure, it. Pressure. Uh, pressure. No, no, no. Wait, wait. No. 
There yeah! it is. Yay! American Dream, not better. Yes. They're not even sponsoring this. Yeah, they're, they're so. Well, they see, look, they got a free plug because they're so um, awesome. You know, I like that. And, that's uh, that's yeah. the type of reactions that, Dude, you know, that's, what's up. that's what we need in all of our food labels and companies. So, yeah. you know, yeah. and, that, that, and then and with, with them, they don't have to overcome adversity because they're ethical in the first place. You know, look at that word word. Anyway, back to our, <laughs> back to our, th we're talking about, um, you know, negative thinking and balance of positive and negative thinking. Yes. So, um, what you, I you think we do? should kind of go over a little bit about some qualities that weak minded people might have. Cause we definitely gave a lot of strong minded ones. So, yeah. um, weak minded people obsess over problems. Everyone's got problems, you know, Adam's got 99 problems, but, <laughs> but a, what's but not a problem? But a prep center ain't one. Yeah. <laughs> you could have done better with that one. I, I, I just gave you a layup right there. I'm disappointed. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, certain life decisions and situations often require deep thought and contemplation, but mentally weak people often put a lot of examination and overthinking, even simple matters. See, that's the thing. Overthinking. Yeah. I Try not to overthink. Although I overthink sometimes during pre-judging finals. But in general in life, I don't really <laughs> overthink. I just do. Like, I just go for it. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just got to go for it, right? Um, because if you start to overthink and procrastinate, those thoughts are going to overcome you. You know what I mean? And just that's why you obsess over it. Um, but uh, it shows that the lack of decision-making capabilities in this is a big one. They blame their situation or choice. These are the constant victim people. Yeah. I can't do this because of this. Feel bad for me because of this. Please. I, I want to be pitied. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I never got that. I hate when people feel bad for me. I hate, It's the most uncomfortable feeling ever. Right? So, I don't know. I can't even process why people like to feel like a victim. I hate that feeling. Yeah. Like there's two like feelings that I dread the most and that's me disappointing someone and then people feeling bad for me. I hate, <laughs> I hate it. So like when I, <laughs> like, I don't know, I, I, not that I hide things, but I try not to complain so much because I don't want people like feeling bad for me, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it makes me so uncomfortable. I'm like, eh. Yeah. Eh. <laughs> kind of like whenever you get like cards yeah. and people write long messages and cards. That's how I feel about when people That's, like feel bad for me. I feel like. Uh, you still know how to act, right? Uh, yeah. What I, I have a card. I don't like it. I'm going to go away. <laughs> I have a card and I'm like supposed to, like I'm supposed to read this and like be emotional. Should I, I read it in front of you? Or like, yeah. It's like a, a weird, you? awkward social interaction. I'm like, <laughs> I yes. just don't know what to do with it. <laughs> But uh, you know what? That is a lot of, gosh, it's, and I don't want to talk too much about culture or whatever, but that is part of our, our you know, our, our culture. You see people. And there was this, there was a person who just did a book on it. And I was actually just re watching a podcast um, today about it. Um, Munchhound, Munchhounder, Hauser syndrome, Munch Munchhauser Hauser. syndrome, something like that. By so, proxy. which, yeah, there's Munchhauser but, by, by proxy. But proxy means you're doing it to somebody else. And, and then, then Munchhauser syndrome. You're faking like symptoms and stuff exactly so this is people feel bad for you this girl she wrote a book about it right she uh -huh. wrote this recent uh and it just recently she's on a bunch of podcasts right now talking about it and it's she's talking about like the the uh the social contagion of it right so everyone wants to be a victim and the reason is is that once you do it once like let's say someone had actually had um 
actually had something really bad. I actually had cancer, right? And everyone's like, oh, that same thing, feeling sorry for them. They're getting all these like, oh, I feel sorry for them for this, for that. Like you're the, you're a victim, right? And then that, now they don't have it anymore, but they still want to keep going with it. And it's keep, because they're, they're like, I like the attention I'm getting. I like how everyone's feeling for me. Everyone's like putting me first, this and that. So they just kind of keep going with mm-hmm. it. So um, it, to a lesser degree, obviously, that victim mentality goes into this too because yeah. yeah exactly you know oh the judges they just went softer today and that was hard i was too hard or you hear this a lot well i was just i'm just too big for bikini but when you're in reality they're, they're not they're like oh really and like because the people who don't know are going to be like oh i can't believe you you're just too good for it no 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 you should go to this right you should go to wellness and i'm like you're you were not too big you were not in condition that's why you lost <laughs> that's what happened you know so let's mm-hmm. face the reality and sometimes it's hard because you to, a good coach is not going to be Here's the, the hard part about coaching. And I think as I've gotten, I've done this more, you realize a good coach has to tell you the truth. They have to tell you the truth. It's like your job. And sometimes it's not a convenient truth. You know, it's sometimes a very inconvenient truth. And, um, you know, I was telling a girl this morning about actually it was a wellness thing, you know, and, and she sent me pictures about, um, her wanting to go to wellness. And I was like, you just don't line up with wellness. Like there's, it's going to be years. And even if you get there, you're going to be struggling against girls who naturally, genetically line up with wellness better so if you want to excel in this you need to stay the bikini route that's like that is just you need to stay there because you took you this long to even get close to bikini you're not even at maxed bikini yet and now you're talking about leapfrogging bikini when you haven't even maxed it out yet going into wellness competing against girls who started it who had to go to wellness because they couldn't get small enough for bikini how do you think that's going to go for you you know and you want to get to the olympia that's those girls who are designed for that will get there. The girls who are designed for bikini will get there. That's that's it. You're not going to leapfrog a division and all of a sudden Ashley's doing women's bodybuilding because she's like, oh, I want to I want to do it. Well, cool. Sorry, but it's not going to work for you. you know? So it, it is what it is. So um, anyway, I went a little bit off of the topic again. I'm not saying on topic as well today. That's okay. Tell. That's but what makes, makes it, it fun. Yeah, it was a good point though. Strong point. Right. So about llamas. <laughs> yeah, yes, llamas. <laughs> or sloths. Which sloths are, my favorite animal. Sloth, so random fact, sloths are Ashley's favorite animal. Anytime I see something like cute sloth-like, uh, I'll try to get it if I, if so I see cute. it. Yeah, like a little. Because I think they're just like the opposite of me. That's why. <laughs> they're just so lazy, but I, cute and harmless. I think I got you a little sloth pen. Yeah, I still have that. I use you? that to sign checks. <laughs> Is that, I, I use it to sign big checks, big fat <laughs> checks. Big, big, uh, no. big, no. big stage checks. Yeah, something, yeah. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. And then I, it's funny as I said, uh, so we were talking about this before the podcast. There's like certain people you send certain memes to. And um, Ashley, I'll send her sloths. I send her sloths, cats, and anything like random athletic things. Yeah, so those are like the three things I'll send Ashley, the, a meme, meme trading. But uh, a lot of times I'll send her these sloths. She's like, it's fake, Adam. It's fake. Oh, <laughs> that is one thing you're bad at. I know. I can't. Fun I fact. Think- so Adam is kind of bad at geography, <laughs> but also he has this weird part of his brain that malfunctions. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to call it. A syndrome. I don't know. Now I'm going to get people feeling bad yeah, for you. Yeah. It's not that serious. <laughs> um, but basically he'll, he'll see these stuffed animals. Um, on Instagram <laughs> and like send them to me thinking they're real. And I'm like, I, Adam, that's a stuffed animal. I've sent her like 10 of these. Like, like there's these companies that make cute little animal replicas. And I'm like, I can tell that's it's a stuff in that <laughs> research. It's like, yeah, that's stuff. I had to like zoom in and I'm like, what? The so heck? I don't know what's going on in California with the schools. But <laughs> 49th, break 49th. But, hey, I will say that's probably the only two things you're bad at. That's there we good. go. You know, if, I, if animal identification of real or fake <laughs> is one of them, then. It's good to 
I don't know. I don't see how that's Go get useful. That looked at. Yeah, Go those get that. slots get me every time. <laughs> it's so funny. I'm like now now when I send them to you, I like really look. I like really zoom in. I'm like, no, that one's too cute. It's like too perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. All right. Back to um what are we on now at this point? Don't succumb to self-pity. We got that one. Yes. Balance emotions with logic. That is mm-hmm. good. Good yeah, one, Ashley. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that's that is yeah. huge in today. With just kind of talking about the wellness thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Like balancing your emotion that you want to do wellness with logically logical conclusion of I'm not built for it. You know, yes. if you're an ectomorph who's got small legs and not a big, not even really much glutes to start with, unlikely you're going to end up with you know some glutes that are going to win the Olympia at the end. Oh of yeah, it, you know? totally. Even even taking a look like some girls, you know very ambitious uh but they'll maybe it's their first year even doing bikini and they're coming from a non uh athletic background right or they've taken many years off uh from any kind of sport or activity and and within that year their plans are to prep for show win show go to nationals get pro card go to olympia (laughs) all in one year the first year and i'm like I'm going to use this as my new ringtone. <laughs> what do you call? I'm using that. Cop that. <laughs> it sounds Elena. like a ghost. It sounds like a ghost. It sounds like a ghost. I'm goofy today. I need but yeah, it. you know what I mean. Every though. time you text, like. that's going to come through. <laughs> well, ladies, comments oh, on it. <laughs> make sure you keep the volume all the way up. Please. Yes, Please. So Kimber's is going to hate that. Yeah, that's so <laughs> <true>. <laughs> Shut that up. You're ca- and then I could just picture your dog freaking out and barking every time. Yeah, that's so, so funny. Um, so, yeah, let's go, let's go into, you know, bikini physiques. What's realistic? What's logical um you know what's realistic to fix in between shows too because that you know this is another issue that we run into being a coach with athletes is that i'm always want i always want to be honest with the athlete you know and sometimes it's it's not fun for either of us i don't like telling someone they're not going to be ready or they're not going to be good enough by then or whatever it's not fun for me to do that but you know sometimes you gotta you gotta say how it is um because you're doing a dis that's what the client's paying you for you know you're doing a disservice if you're not being honest with them so it is what it is so um, sometimes I'll have someone do, let's say a national show. And I think that, you know, they're, they're pretty much ready to go to nationals. They're there, but then they get to nationals and I see everyone next to them. And then I'm like, Oh, she's still got a long ways to go. She's got a lot more muscle to grow. She's got this, to, you know, she's got this to do this, that, right. And you, you, sometimes you need them to be next to better competition to really see where they're at. Cause if you're competing in NPC and all I'm seeing is pictures of you next to NPC and you're blowing everyone out of the water, it looks like you're ready to go. It, it looks like that. Your pictures look ready, but then you, you know, your insertions are there, your conditioning's there, everything's there. But then when you get next to girls who are actually pro ready, they, they make you look a lot smaller. You're, they're a lot bigger, whatever the case is. That happens from time to time. It's, it's hard to see. And so when you see them next to top level, high level people, you're like, oh, there's a lot of flaws we got to work on. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is like, they'll do, let's say they'll do, um, whatever. They'll do a national show. There's another national show, like two weeks later, you're like, like, well, well, can I be ready by then? And I'm like, no, like there's, we need a year, you know, we need six months to, to get close to look at how much more muscular these girls are than you. Like, and it's unfortunate things they've worked so hard. And then we come to this realization, Hey, you're, you're not there. Let's, you know, maybe let's qualify for next year's nationals and do next year and just build for a year. And it sucks to hear that. Cause it's these girls, girls, it takes a long time to look like this. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's, it's not a fast process, you know, a pro level physique these days in bikini is like, if you're good genetically, if you're really good genetically, like two and a half years, if you're like amazingly genetics. With, I would also add that with 
Perfection. An, an athletic background to boot. Yes. Like not just starting from scratch. Like never, never played a sport. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or I played, I played JV soccer. No, we're not talking about that. We're talking about. Already, know, already kind of working already, out a little bit. Yeah. Like doing the fitness thing, taking, and you're like, maybe I'll start competing. That's, that's about that period. And if it's, and if you're not genetically gifted, we're, we're probably five years, if that, right? Even if that, and that's, it takes a long time. So just understand this is a, this is a, a very long, a very long process. So, um, hopefully, you know, you gotta be realistic with these things. You know, you gotta look at your, your genetic makeup, your structure, how competitive you are, what's your clavicle with, what's, you know, what are the things you've got to work on? Are they even capable of working on, right? How's your body fat distribution? There's a lot of things that go into it. And so, um, you know, just, I like that you brought that up because, you know, have, I think it makes it easier for people to maybe not run into that situation where they do one show and then they leave, you know, when they know, oh, the reality is this is a professional sport. And like all professional sports, some people, it takes a lifetime to get to that pro level if mm -hmm. they even get there, you know? So yeah. 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 <laughs> Realistic totally. expectations. Yes, absolutely. That's very important. Yeah. Going back to the keeping logic and motions kind of separate, right? Trying not to let those emotions overcome you, which is another point that I had uh, noticed as well. It's like, you don't take things personally. So when you do have these conversations with the girls, you know, they don't crumble like devastated. Yeah. You know, it's not personal. This is probably something you tell girls all the time. You're not unique in that, right? It is how it is what it is. And I think that's, you know, just keep your emotions in check and, and realize why you're hearing this or what you need to do. Um, but don't, don't always think it's, just you experiencing this, right? It's a lot of people, uh, probably the majority, you know? Yeah. So you're not unique in that. And um, yeah, I think that's that's a big one. You just you just got to keep the logic and emotions separate and kind of just do what you're supposed to do. And um, I, I might add to that as well. Whenever you are like a um, strong-minded person, I think a good thing would be to build up tolerance for this, right? Because you're going to hear a lot of feedback, whether it be from Adam telling you you're not fit for the division or a judge telling you you need to work on something or somebody online saying something that about you and maybe they know what they're talking about. Maybe they don't. They probably don't. Or somebody at the gym or your mom or your dad. You're going to hear a lot of, you know, negative feedback, but you got to learn how to deal with that, you know, because we all experience it. Everyone does. So, you know, don't let it, take over. You got to just have that strong mentality. Like, Hey, I know I'm going to find a way somehow to meet my goals, even if it's not in the division I want, um, or find a show that would, you know, be fitting for my time frame. but keep it realistic. Very, very important to keep it realistic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that that's great. And I think any, any credible coach you can just, you know, talk to about that, they're, they're more than happy to, to, to tell you, you know, they're going to be more than happy to have that real discussion with you. And just, just tell them, do you think that I have, like, I, I really, you know, you, cause they don't know when they're getting their check-ins and just say, just ask them and say, do you think there's any real potential for me here? Or do I have a limitation based on my genetics, my structure, whatever, you know, what's my limitations? And if you're asking, like, they'll, they'll tell you, you know, if they're, if they're, cause they know where you're at, you know, I know where that person's at when they're asking that question. Yeah. And so I will happily tell them. Um, and sometimes I even start off, like I'll do these physique assessments and sometimes I'll start off with them and it's like, Hey, you know, you're paying for this because you want honest opinion. I think that you're not going to love this, but here it is, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, it is what it is. And I, I rarely get someone who's upset about it. Usually they're like, Hey, thank you so much 
for well, that. You know? they might be upset when they get home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I gotta tell you. <laughs> I think it. I think it, it. It'll. It's one of those things that like fester in your head, though, right? Like it'll right. just keep growing in your head. You're like, yeah, man, totally. Yeah, but it's just one of those things. It can. It can get to you, I'm sure. So, but know, we the, all experience it. That the. the uh, you know, this is this is part of the part of life, right? We're trying really? to get better. This and that's what I love about this sport so much is that this teaches you how to be tough. It teaches you how to overcome adversity, how to stay mentally sharp, and then once you get out of this sport or you're even in this sport and you're in the real world, um, you could apply all these lessons that you learned and you just keep growing. And you're anyone who's done this sport well is usually doing really well in their other world. And that's why I love mm -hmm. this sport more than anything it is because there's no way I would have been this successful if I didn't start doing this when I was younger, mm -hmm. you know, because it instilled something in me that was, that I didn't even know it was doing, you know, it was like, Oh, I got to, I got to work. I got to wake up. I got to do my cardio. I got to work out after school. I got to eat right if I'm wanting to build muscle. I have to, you know, log my workouts. I have to study this stuff so I can get to be as good as I can at it. And I was doing that at like, you know, 13, 14 years old. And I didn't even know. I was just trying to get big, you know, I was just trying to be, trying to be really, I was just trying to be like an attractive guy, <laughs> build muscles. <laughs> that was what I was trying to do. But it like teaches you, okay, this is what I want. You know, when I was 14, 13, I want to be a muscly, attractive guy, right? How do I get it? Well, this is how I do it. I got to do this. 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 I'm a skinny guy to start with. It's not going to be easy for me, right? I have to overcome that, that objection, that, that, um, mm -hmm. that, that reality. I'm going to do everything I can out of it. And then it teaches you this. Okay. Now I am a coach. How do I become the Al Pacino I was talking about of coaches, right? Well, I need to do this for X amount of years. I need to have X amount of results. I need to stay with my foot on the gas. I need to do this for however long I can without, you know, losing my mind, right? <laughs> Just keep going. So how do you, how do you do that? Right? So it's, mm -hmm. it's like that with anything that you do in your work, maybe you want to be the best, whatever at your work. How do you do it? Well, same steps, repeat, re different, different, different ingredients, same steps, right? So Absolutely. Do you remember that saying I always used to say, get comfortable with being uncomfortable? Yeah. Yes. So that's very important. It's good to feel uncomfortable, to challenge yourself because you do it so many times, these uncomfortable things. And then suddenly it's like over time, not that uncomfortable. It's just a habit. And I think that's a lot of the reason uh, we were both able to succeed in our areas is, you know, making a habit out of you know, things that make us uncomfortable, you know, and embracing it, embracing it, you know, like, oh, it's going to be tough. Oh my gosh. It's, uh, I'm going to be uncomfortable, but you know what? I'm going for it. You do that enough times and it doesn't become uncomfortable anymore. So making a habit out of these things can definitely help you become mentally stronger. And I would also say as well, one tip that I have is like, if you're ever like going back and forth with yourself questioning, like, you know, you should do something, but you don't want to, or maybe you're a little excuses festering in your head. Like, I, you know, I, I know I need to work out, but geez, it's kind of late now. And uh, you know, I, I got I'm not feeling the best or I'm feeling a little tired or and my favorite TV shows I want to watch. I don't know. Anything. Stop like procrastinating and stop even letting those ideas fester in your mind and just go for it. Just like a light switch. If you find yourself thinking negatively, just be like, nope. Oh, no question. I'm going for it. Nope. 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 No ifs, ands, or buts. Little voice in my head. Just go for it. Ignore it. Go. Go now. If you're listening to this podcast and you're procrastinating going to the gym, you better go now after we end the episode. <laughs> and you better like and subscribe and comment. You know, do it. Do it now. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like just go for it, you know? Stop letting the procrastina procrastination build up because it's not going to get any easier the longer you wait for it. So 
No, that's a good, that's a strong, that's a, that's a good way to end that. I like that. Cause I've been, I've been, I've been the victim of that a couple of times and I've recognized it and I'm mm, like, like, nope. Well, what makes me, I've actually done it a couple of times where I didn't. And then there was a couple of times where I recognized it. Now I will say there's a couple of times where I succumbed to it, but there's been a couple of times where I recognize it. And I'm like, as soon as you do this, you're creating a habit and you're creating that you're accepting the loss and you're accepting that as, as, as norm. And that's that thing I've used in as, as boxers before was like, as soon as the boxer goes down that first time, it's a lot, it seems like it's a lot easier for them to keep going down because they, they said, I just don't want to fight anymore. You know, this guy is just too good. I just don't want to fight anymore. They lose that dog in them. And so I've done that for, and I always use that because it's just, I feel like that's one of the tougher things like mentally that people can do. And I just love that part of that sport. Um, and so I've been in bed where I like didn't work out and I was like, no, I'm going to go have a crappy workout. I don't care. I'm going to get up. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to, I'm going to like say, I didn't give in to that today. I've done it a couple of times, but there has been a couple of times where I was just weak and I was just like, man, I can't believe I was weak today. And I like punished myself for it. But, <laughs> but yeah, there's a, it's a huge thing that winning that mental battle and never giving in because as soon as you give in, it's a lot easier the next time, a little bit easier the next time. It keeps going mm-hmm. easier and easier. The next thing you know, you're barely working out, you know? So like, yeah, you're stronger than your excuses. Yeah. If there's a will, there's a way get to it. All right. With that, that's a good motivational thing. I'm going to go work out now. I'll go pump some weights, Ashley. I'm, yeah. all, I'm all pumped up. Like, yeah. See, it's either three scoops or one motivational speech from Ashley. Okay, there we say. go. <laughs> Stimulant free. Stimulant free. Yeah. So anyway, with that, guys, and our, uh, our, new, our new sponsor, Ashley Motivational Pre-Workouts, <laughs> we will talk to you next time. <laughs>